Welcome to the Adoption Today podcast. I'm Carrie Wilds. I'm Karen Lear. We do real talk on adoption and this journey called parenting. Hi, and welcome to episode four of Adoption Today. We are talking about the actual process of adoption today. So we're getting into the nitty-gritty details about different types of adoption, how the process works. Um, People talk about the paper trail of adoption. There's a lot of paper. There is. For sure. There is a lot of paperwork. So um, I think maybe we should start talking about, just to let everybody know, um, because maybe people don't know, what are the different types of adoption? Yeah, there's there's actually several different ones, and we could probably talk about this for hours. <laughs> so we are going to give, you know, kind of an overview of it. So there is private adoption, which is, you can, you can do that either domestically, so within the U.S. it would be a birth mom in the U.S., or internationally, so that could be, you know, any age from any country kind of thing. Um, you can also adopt children from the foster system and it's not necessarily fostering you can be a foster parent and then potentially have the opportunity to adopt kids from the foster system but there's also quite a few children who their parental rights have already been terminated Mm -hmm. and they need to be adopted so you can actually directly adopt kids who are in the foster system Um, so there's a lot of sibling groups. Typically it's not going to be a newborn unless they come with a sibling Mm -hmm. set of, you know, brothers and sisters, just because the actual process of, uh, terminating parental rights is at least, usually at least a year. It takes a long time. Yeah. So it takes a very long time, which makes sense, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's permanent. Um, and then also, uh, you know, you could, we have friends who, you know, have adopted their niece or nephew. Mm-hmm. So there's relative adoptions as well. Yeah. Um, like Simone Biles, like her grandmother right. adopted her, right. you That's know. True. So there's multiple different ways that, that you can do it. And we're going to talk through what, you know, kind of the steps are to those different things. Yeah. And I want to, before we get all the way into this um, redirect, um, there is a ton of awesome information on Carrie's website. Um, so we're going to put that in the show notes. Um, you can give them your website. Too. Yeah, we'll put, we haven't talked about this yet in our podcast, but um, my friend and I started a foundation, promisloveFoundation.org is the website. And I actually talk about the, these specific things all the time. So we wanted it to be one of our first podcasts, but I also have links that are very detailed information that we'll put in the show notes. So if you yes. want to go, you know, get some really detailed Take info. In there because there's good stuff. And it really, that's exactly the way that it worked for us. So yeah, mm-hmm. very detailed, good information. Yeah. So check that out for sure. Um, but yeah, we were kind of touching on this last episode about we have open adoptions. Mm-hmm. And then there's different types of open. You could be just sending pictures, you could be communicating via email, you could be visiting the person, you could be having the person over to your house for Thanksgiving, yes. which we did actually two years ago, and it was awesome, so um, worked out really good, but there's, so there's different levels of that, and then there is, I guess people still do closed adoption, probably not as much. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's rare um, with a private adoption agency in terms of like maybe an infant adoption. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say when you adopt children from the foster system, it typically is a closed adoption oh, okay. because 
um, the reason that the children aren't with the parents is because they were putting them in a very dangerous position. So most typically that, I don't know if they would call it closed, but that's a situation. Yeah, there's not communication and those parents are typically not allowed to be a part of those children's lives. So I would say that's kind of like when you would find a closed adoption or if a birth mom decides that she just doesn't really want to be involved and doesn't want to know, then she could pick that as well. Yeah. And that could even happen in an open adoption. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we've always told Bethany, um, if you ever want to just focus on you and you need to take a step back, you could always come back at any point. We're not going to ever, you know, think badly about that because it is, you know, challenging, I'm sure. So some, I have a friend who has adopted children and they don't, the birth moms don't communicate back. Mm-hmm. I think they've just kind of, they've chosen to close the door and keep going and move on. Um, so everything is, it is very different, like a, like any relationship, like a marriage, like a friendship. Everybody's looks a little different, which is why I think it's so interesting how they all work out. Like your Facebook friends with Evie's birth mom. Mm-hmm. Kayla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have, we are so close with Bethany, but yet I am not connected on social media to her and it's actually only to protect her because <laughs> I feel very protective of her like I'm very mama bearish about that with her um I just she's a very private sweet quiet person and I just feel like I don't want to open her up to unnecessary I don't know people can be judgmental and not that anybody mm-hmm. has a reason to be but I just feel like protecting her and not um I send her all the pictures but we aren't connected on Facebook yeah no yeah. and I think that's I think that's a good point to you know, be really cognizant about the situation. And like you said, every single one is different. There's no like law that rules all of it. Did you have to sign these documents or anything like that? So it kind of ebbs and flows, you know, in terms of how life is going also. And and that's a good point because I've had people when we have said, oh, we have an open adoption. Their first response is, that's awesome. How does that work? And then I kind of tell them and they say, oh, so you have to do that? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, we want to. Mm -hmm. And people are kind of just like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Why? And I'm like, because it's just cool. We have a great relationship with her and we really like having her around. And they're like, okay, weirdo. But um, (laughs) I think people do assume that there is something that you sign to say, I'm going to have an open adoption. I'm going to see this person this many times a year. No, there is no Mm -hmm. law governing it. Anybody can walk away at any time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of scary if you're the, if you're the birth mom and you want to continue to see the child right so definitely it's definitely a tricky it's definitely a balance that you just kind of like you know I think you set expectations from the beginning and then you change them if you have to yes you know absolutely just like you wouldn't let a friend or a family member um you know have a negative influence on your child I mean it's no different it's basically you just you're the mom and the dad and you protect your child and do what you um in the best interest of of that baby yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So kind of the first step in deciding in actual adopting privately, whether it's domestic or international, the first step is mm-hmm. finding an agency, Yes, which is not always easy because <laughs> yeah. there's actually a lot of agencies. And some are very large and some are tiny. Ours was very small. Yeah, ours was very small as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you really have to get to know... That and then there's also not just agencies, but there's attorneys, just attorneys that do, you know, adoption. So for us, we picked the agency we went with because we actually knew the owner of it Mm -hmm. previously, and she had worked in the foster system for thirty plus years. And her focus um, that we really liked was 
she um, was very focused on the birth mom <laughs> and supporting them, mm-hmm. you know, helping them get housing, you know, helping them not only with, you know, prenatal care and things like that, the but also, yeah, like counseling, that. making sure that, um, you know, after they give birth, that mm-hmm. they also have like post right. visits and making sure that they're, you know, whatever they need to do to be successful and healthy, like yes. helping them do that as well. So for us, I really... Yeah. Liked that because I think that's really, really important. That's actually why we picked ours too. I like the involvement, <clears throat> excuse me, the involvement that they had um, with her as far as counseling and, and um, reaching out to her and she could always reach out to them and I wanted to have something like that. And I liked the idea of a smaller agency just because we looked at some of the big, big ones that if you Google adoption, they're the first ones that pop up. And I just felt like, uh, I want to know who I'm talking to on the other end. Mm-hmm. And so we actually picked one agency who was here in Tampa, even though at the time we were living in Nashville, um, just because we knew that we were going to have to travel um, because Tennessee adoptions, it's not really a thing um, unless you do foster care. So we knew we were going to have to travel and... Um, we thought, well, we have friends and family in Tampa, so let's pick a place that we know because at least it gives us, you know, some kind of familiarity. Because you have to stay um, in the state depends on the state; they're all different. But you have to stay in that state uh, in Florida for two weeks, usually following the birth. So um, that can be a long time. We can talk about that too. But yeah, um, no, definitely. But, I think too, like some agencies. Uh, especially like the bigger ones, they have birth moms all over the U.S. Whereas mm-hmm. like some agencies focus like locally. So ours was pretty much like all Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it might be, you know, like the birth mom might be, pro- most likely was locally, but could be like Jacksonville, gotcha. Miami, like kind of that area. So the smaller ones I feel like tend to focus in, um, you know, their local area, whereas a lot of the larger mm-hmm. ones, you know, so it's kind of, you just have to choose what you want. Like yeah. the bigger agencies have more birth moms sure. usually, yes. you know, whereas the smaller ones, you know, might not right? because they just aren't, you know, quite as big. So, so if you're in a rush, pick a bigger one with more reach, okay. <laughs> Yeah, but then they're going to have tons more families. That's true too. Waiting, you know, so too. I think, so there's a, I think there's a lot of factors that go into even deciding Mm -hmm. what agency you want to go with but ultimately you have to be comfortable with their ethics and their values and how they do things um I feel like that really should match like your own ethics of of how you want to do it really and how it feels I mean I think you get a gut feeling when you talk to people um and can figure out okay this sounds you know these people sound like I like the way they sound because we talked to a few and I was like, eh, I don't know. Um, but when we talked to Tara, um, at the agency we used, we thought, yeah, I think that that feels right to us. Mm -hmm. That's all you can really go on. Yeah. I mean that and recommendations from friends, but we didn't really have anybody who had adopted in Florida. So it's kind of just like shot in the dark. Yeah. You're like, here we go. Hope this works. (laughs) Yeah. And we just knew, I mean, we just knew Lauren. So that's why we chose the agency that we went with. So the first step is then basically filling out each agency has an application process. So you actually apply and then um, you have to do a home study, which most people think a home study is, oh, they're going to come and check my bedroom. Right. See how clean it is. See if my house is clean and (laughs) did I do the dishes and all that kind of stuff. But it actually, it's a tiny bit of that. Like they'll come to your house, but it's more um, background checks. Um, You know, you're, they're going to, you're going to give them social security number, like, all of your history, 
Um, and they're going to check everything and make sure that, you know, it's a good placement for a birth mom to choose, basically. They do psychological interviews separately, um, husband and wife separate and together because they want to make sure you have, you know, the right mindset to do this, um, which is really important. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, they are going to come. They are going to say, where does the baby sleep? Okay, great. And then that's it. They're not going to look <laughs> behind your refrigerator. There's and, a dust bunny. Although I cleaned like they were. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because everyone's always like really nervous. Yes. Like when, you know, friends of ours are like, we had our home yeah. study. They're like super nervous. And then after they're like, oh. Wasn't a big deal. That was like, yeah. It's kind of like having a friend over. The yeah. was like, all right, I need to see your driver's license. Okay. All yeah. Right. Here you go. So that for you guys, how long did that process home study I think before he was born gosh it was a few visits I want to say she came over four times before he was born three or four times oh wow yeah maybe it was three and I know after his birth um she came back once or twice it's so funny how quickly you forget the details of things but I want to say she we had two post-placement visits and then about three because she came the initial one, like Carrie said, kind of get just background information, do a quick once over. Then I think we did another one where we did actual separate interviews. And then when I'm saying interviews, they're asking you, how do you handle conflict in your home? What did your parents use um, as punishment and discipline? And what are you planning on doing as far as discipline goes? And those are the kind of questions. And there's no well, that's not true. I'm sure that there are wrong answers. <laughs> There's probably wrong answers. There yeah. are probably wrong answers. But if you are fairly normal, um, don't sweat it. It should be, it should be all right. <laughs> yeah, and ours was different because we were already licensed foster parents. So oh, okay. we didn't do the normal, um, you know, a private adoption home study because the actual foster care adoption or foster care home study is actually way more in depth and insane. Like they check the temperature of your water heater and make sure if it's too hot, you have to turn it down. They, they actually test your water. Um, you have to have a certain square footage, you know, and that kind of thing. So it's very, very in depth. But the sad part is, is it's in depth because there's been stuff that's happened in foster homes. Yeah, exactly. So we didn't, our, um, adoption home study was taken mostly, there was a few, you know, should have come visit and things like that. But most of that info had come from our foster home study. Oh, okay. So they could just use that. So yeah, that works. exactly. Yeah. So that was kind of nice that we, that we had that. Um, so then once you get approved, right. your home study's approved and then, um, yeah, what's next? You choose your, you kind of work through your profile. They call it your profile. You're kind of doing this all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's not like what, there was never like, there are a few things that are, okay, once this is completed, then you can move on to this. But there's a lot going on. Like, you can get your fingerprints started. Um, for the, oh, I forgot about fingerprints. Yeah, like yeah. we had to do that with the FBI. So you have, that's a government thing. And you have to go get a background check in the state you live in, um, separate from that, or we did in Tennessee anyway. Um, so we had to kind of, we started doing all of that, making appointments for all of that while we were doing all of this. And they kind of, the, your agency will tell you. And that's why we went with an agency, because I wanted someone to hold my hand and say, okay, now it's time to do this. Okay, now it's time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you're yes, yeah, so then you get your, um, you talk to your adoption um, coordinator, counselor, specialist, yeah. specialist about what um, child are you comfortable with? What kind yeah. of family? Yeah, it's actually, usually part of their application process, there'll be a pretty lengthy 
um, part of it where you're actually choosing the profile of what you're open to, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of a baby or, you know, however it might be, it could be not even a baby, but a little bit older. But I mean, it's everything from race to gender Mm -hmm. to, you know, the things that the birth mom, um, was exposed to drugs, alcohol, you know, Every tip, every specific type of thing. I mean, even like sometimes they'll have family history in there. Like, are you open to someone? Mental illness. Exactly. Exactly. So it's actually a really big learning process, like seeing all that on paper, because like for us, race and all that, like we were open, we were open to everything except like for our personal lives, like we knew if it was a child where you know that they're going to have, um, you know, something that is going to need a lot of care, like 24-7, like, um, I don't know, like, what's a good example Some of that? Some kind of like, disability. Yeah, like a, like a serious, issue, like a serious, serious health yeah, issue or disability. Yeah, because you're first-time parents, and I think that's a common thing. Like, yeah. you're just like, I don't know, I'm kind of freaked out about that. Yeah, yeah, well, and, you know, you have to look at your lifestyle. Like, my husband and I, we work full-time, so, you know, we're not in a position for one of us to be a full-time, right. you know... 24 seven caregiver kind of thing. So for us, we said, you know, anything that is that like a severe type of health issue, like we aren't open to that personally. Um, but we also learned a ton about HIV because Maddie's... Yeah, which is so cool. I mean, I really think it's fascinating what you guys found out. Yeah. It's so interesting. Maddie's, um, birth mom was HIV positive. So we, you know, talked to an immunologist and I actually did just Googled a bunch of info and in the U.S., it's almost unheard of that babies are born positive. Wow. And because if you take, the statistic is like, if you take one dose of the antiretroviral um, at 35 weeks, the chance of HIV transferring to the baby is like 4%. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. insane. It's insane. So um, it sounds like it could be really bad. But it actually is, like, not a thing. So it's the like risk not, is lowered. Yeah, it's lowered, like, significantly. And so, um, you know, for us, we did a bunch of research and we yeah. said, that's totally fine. Yeah. You know, like, that's that's what it is. And then, you know, there's pretty severe um, things that happen with alcohol mm-hmm. uh, when, you know, the birth mom's drinking. Like, mm-hmm. that's, there can be some, you know, fetal alcohol syndrome. It has, like, serious consequences. Yes. Um, drugs do as well, but not as much actually. It's like, oh, it's weird. And you some know. drugs are worse than others. I mean, you, and you wouldn't, and, and you know, the thing is you can be open to it and then decide what your particular tolerance is. Like you could say, all right, painkillers, but only if it's something, you know, that was occasional, maybe recreational, not like an actual addiction. So in other words, when you get the information about a birth mom from your agency or your lawyer and it says, this is how she's, if she, if she gives this information, this is how she's using these medications, which shockingly, a lot of them are very upfront and honest about mm-hmm. what they're taking and what they're using. And, um, cause that happened with friends of ours. Um, and so then you can decide, you know what? I'm, I'm good. I'm okay with that. Cause like you said, you talk to a doctor, do some research on your own and see what the potential outcomes might be. Cause it actually might be better than what you uh, think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So you actually like, you actually choose the profile that, you know, you want and then, and that's on your application and then you have to, um, actually create a book (laughs) for, 
you're for them to present to potential no nope, no pressure <laughs> this is a book that they show people that is going to have them choose you or not choose right. you as a family just, you know <laughs> just put your best pictures in and, and give it a shot and see what happens yeah how long did it take you to do the book you know we have a funny story about our book and i know you do too but like we ours um because we were matched so quick well because we found out about bethany so quickly um, they said, we have this birth mother. She really lines up with everything you guys have said that you would really like. Um, finish your portfolio. Do it. And so we were like, okay. Well, I, our agency was very specific about how many pictures. And I don't know why, actually. But you had to have a certain number of pictures of just you and your husband. You had to have a certain number of you and your family, which we have a real small family. And no one takes pictures of my family. Like, why? like I don't have any. I didn't. So I had to go back, but then they can't be too old. They wanted fairly recent, like within the past two or three years, pictures. And I'm like digging around like, oh my gosh. So there was that. And, and then pictures of your friends, um, pictures of your home, pictures of your neighborhood, and any pets, animals, or things you like to do. What do you like to do? Do you like to travel? So that kind of, those were fairly easier. But the funny part is my mother-in-law, God bless her. That's <laughs> just so funny. She was having people over for, I think it was, um, oh, well, this was probably in January. It might have been New Year's. It was a holiday. And she's a great cook. She's Italian. And so when she cooks, it's like there is food everywhere. I mean, there's baked penne. There's lasagna. There's Caesar Yum. salad. Oh, yeah, we should go. <laughs> they live in Orlando. They love it. We'll but come so, over. Yeah, we'll be there soon. Yeah. But, um So I said, hey, Darlene, do me a favor. When everyone is over, because we wanted to show all of this, like, and, you know, this is is part of who we are, take a picture or two of, you know, you guys cooking together. Because that's a great one to put there. Oh, sure. You know, the grandparents that love to cook together, because they do, and they're cute. And so she was like, no problem. So she forgets. (laughs) Doesn't do it. So we're like, hey, we need those pictures. So she staged, (laughs) like, a fake cooking situation but all the pots and pans were empty Um, so in every picture she's got like a pot but a spoon but you can tell there's nothing in the pot and she's like smiling (laughs) and scott's like what is this i was like oh my gosh i don't know so that is awesome it was really funny but the funniest part about it is bethany loves her and thought that those pictures were so you guys included them still Included one of them. You included one. <laughs> they were so not, they were just, they were bad. So we, we included one of them, but she loved that because funny enough, her background is also Italian. And so she's used to like that whole setup as well. Mm-hmm. So, and, it, and that was one of the things that she connected with in our portfolio. So it's just funny. Wow. <laughs> that is, work. that is really funny. Yeah. But I know you have a funny story too. Yeah. Well, ours was, we had to do it really quickly because our, we signed on with our agency and she was literally presenting to like two birth moms like the next week. Mm-hmm. So she's like, do your book like fast. Yes. And I'm a photographer. So, uh, like a professional photographer. So I actually right. have everything categorized. Like I can do all that stuff like super quick. So I just, honestly, I just you Googled. Yeah. I Googled like what's the best book to use? I do professional albums, like, for my clients and stuff, but I was like, this has got to be quick, and I'm not designing anything. Like, it's got to be stat. Yeah. So I just Googled, like, best adoption (laughs) profile books or whatever, and I actually found a couple really great resources that we'll link to. Yeah. um, So people can see them, but it gave you, like, a good outline of a format of what to do, and I have all our pictures categorized, so that part was, like, pretty easy um, so I literally got it done in one single day and then I had it printed in like, it had it in like two days later. Yeah. So it was 
But, I mean, that kind of stuff can take a really long time. I Yeah, and I had started gathering pictures, but I, ours was the same. It was a rush thing where they were like, get it to us by Friday. And I this was on like a Wednesday evening, and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I am not a designer, and I don't do layouts. But I did it. I put the book together, and I went over to FedEx or Kinko's or whatever and was like, I need help printing this. And they were like, okay, crazy. But um, <laughs> it worked. So, um, yes, you have to make your portfolio. So go ahead if you know you're heading down this path just start pulling together pictures that you would like to show a potential birth mom of what your life looks like yeah it's kind of like just a scrapbook of like who you are really your friends your family your hobbies your house yeah a letter like we I remember we do have to do the letter at the end we wrote like one I just did it because that's what they told me to do Mm -hmm. in this like article or whatever but it was just like writing like a letter to a birth mom that you don't know right but just to her about like yes. why you want to adopt and all that kind of what stuff. your plans are yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly so that's what the agency is going to actually show to their prevent potential birth moms that match the profile that you have identified in your application yep they match it all up that's their job and then um potentially they match you with that birth mom if she picks your portfolio and wants to know more about you. And you can always, if she says yes, and then you something goes awry, you can always, again, back away from that up to a certain point. But um, yeah, usually it doesn't happen. Typically they, they present, they try, I know they try to present to like three different profiles to each birth mom. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they'll present, they'll give that birth mom like time to choose mm-hmm. And then she'll choose, and then they'll basically be like, yep, you got picked. Right. Or nope. Yep. You didn't. Yep. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's part of the paperwork. Um, and then the waiting part is what comes next. And like we already talked about, that can be long or it can be short um, because you might get picked right away and you might you might not for a while. Yeah. Sometimes when you you might submit your book and then you know, they might present you a couple times, you might not get picked, or you might not get presented for a while just because there isn't one that fits within your profile. Um, And typically when you do get chosen, it's within like four to five months of the baby actually being due just because the whole process also for the birth mom signing on... That's a good point. You know, takes a little while. So you're not necessarily going to get... I mean, sometimes maybe, but you're not really going to get matched with someone who's like eight weeks pregnant. Right. Because that's kind of too early on for them to actually have already signed on with an agency and things like that. So once you're chosen, it's pretty it's fast. <laughs> yeah, but the actual like, you know, doing the home study and the book and, um, you know, waiting, mm-hmm. that part could take, you know, it seems like forever. But when you say it, it actually isn't. Yeah. Like, oh, that's actually not that long. It was. It wasn't. And that, you know... The other part to this, and we're going to have a separate episode on this because it is so important to know what resources are out there, um, the cost of adoption. On, on Carrie's website, she breaks it down really well. And I had a misconception going into it that the birth mom got a lot of this money. Not the case. It mostly goes to the agency fees and the attorney fees. Yeah, most fees. of it. Almost all of it, actually. Yeah, we'll have a totally separate one on cost because that's a big thing. It is. Um, and one of the stumbling blocks, I feel like, for most people that... Absolutely. And they don't, you know, you just don't think that it's possible, and it's actually very possible. It is. There's, we have a lot of good information for you guys on that, so stay tuned, because that's coming up hopefully soon. Um, and, um, yeah, then there comes a time when the phone call comes, and you have to go to the hospital to meet your child, and that's, like, the most awesome 
I don't know. And scary <laughs> at the same time. It's like, a, it's like shock and awe. You're just like, what? Oh, wow. And here's this baby in the hospital. But, um, and then you typically, it depends on if there was a C-section or not. I think it's 72 hours. 48. I think if Bethany they don't was have a C-section. 72 it, hours because she had a C-section. Because you can't be on any medication right. to so sign. You, mm-hmm. For them to sign the paperwork before they leave the hospital, because they cannot, the baby cannot leave until the birth mother leaves the hospital. Mm-hmm. And usually, I don't know of any other, right? Doesn't seem like that usually happens. Unless yeah. I guess the baby's in NICU or something like yeah. that. Um, anyway, um, but she has to be off medication. So if you have a C-section, you might not be. So Calvin was actually born on a Friday and we were in the hospital until I think she was released Monday evening. So it was a long, it was a long hospital stay. Um, so she signed the papers on Monday and that was a, that was a hard thing. And we'll talk more about that. I mean, there, there's just, it's just, you know, it's, there was a lot of emotion going on. Yeah. Basically, basically from... When, um, you know, the baby is, when the birth mom's in the hospital mm-hmm. giving birth, there's this like 24 or 48 or 72 hour mm-hmm. time frame that, you know, she's given birth, but she hasn't signed the right. papers yet. So, um, I remember our adoption agent told us that actually birth moms have to choose adoption twice. Right. That's true. Because they're choosing to sign on with an agency. And then once they have the baby, they're then actually choosing again to go ahead and go through with it because they don't have to. That's right. They can change their mind at any point up until they sign those papers. And, um, Florida, the laws in Florida are actually very good in terms of, um, quick time for adoptive parents because once the birth mom signs in Florida, she can't change her mind. No, it's done. It's done. But in other states, there's a waiting period. Like there's, you know, some states have like a 30-day, 90-day waiting period. So you could bring the baby home and then 30 days later, the birth mom could change their mind and you've already, you know, had that baby for however long, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, which would be so nerve-wracking. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And then, then, so after you do um, bring the baby home, the rest of the process is pretty easy at that point. You have maybe one or two post-placement visits with your social worker or the um, home study person who came. Um, They will come and just check to see, is everybody doing okay? And again, it's not, they're, they're just kind of testing the temperature I mean they're just taking the temperature they're not really looking for anything in particular yeah they just have to legally have you know a statement saying that they've done a certain number of visits in your home and seeing the child and that kind of thing he's growing or she's growing looks healthy doc I think they do need to see the doctor um notes or like the growth yeah, growth something chart like, from, yeah, like, I think the, maybe the like beginning. One, one or something like that. Um, yeah, definitely. And then um, in Florida, it that's another good thing about adopting in Florida. Even though we lived in Tennessee, the law still applies because he was born here. So the, he, the adoption is finalized 90 days after. So three mm-hmm. months later, so that was October for us, um, end of October, we had our court, court hearing. And we actually had our court hearing from Tennessee. So we had a notary at the house with us and the lawyer and the judge on the phone. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of funny. But um, yeah, they're able to do that um, if you sign the uh, right documents to have power of attorney oh. to do that. Yeah. yeah. And we had ours were, it's it has to be at least 90 days. Sometimes it's 90, sometimes it's longer. I mm-hmm. think Maddie was, um, I want to say she was four months. No, she was five months. 
Because, no, she was right around, a little more than that, because Evie was already born. Oh, right. And Evie was at Maddie's adoption finalization. (laughs) Yeah, so I think she was like four and a half months, something like that, because Evie was like a tiny, tiny baby. Oh. Yeah, which is, the adoption finalization itself is a whole other thing as well. And we mentioned at the beginning the other ways to adopt, um... So I think we have to do other episodes on those because this was like specific oh, the international, to international, yeah, international like that. foster that. Well, kind we of need thing. an international expert. Yes, I know, I know. Some. Oh, you got some. yes, I have some. But I think um, you know also adoption from the foster system is a totally separate topic yeah, that's as well. Different. Um, well, we so know someone who's done that as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have some guests on to talk about that. But I think this is kind of a good overview Mm -hmm. of the private adoption private infant adoption process and Mm -hmm. then we'll you know delve into kind of each of these specific things we talked about in future ones and our episode coming up next is actually going to be our stories from when we were at the hospital yep we have very different experiences yes and that's a good thing because you need to hear both yeah so yeah for sure so thanks for um, listening and we'll link in our show notes yep. to some more detailed information about this and be sure to tune in to our next episode. See you later. Bye. Thank you.